Hey there, Eric Metaxas here. I want to congratulate my dear friend, Michael Youssef, on 35 years of passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth. You've been extraordinary, you've been brave, and you've been an encouragement to many. And I also want to say happy birthday. 75 years doesn't seem possible, frankly. So I will simply say happy birthday to you and God bless you, my brother and friend. Remember Cain and Abel from the very first pages of Genesis? God accepted Abel's sacrifice, but not Cain's. So what does their experience mean for you and me? I have a hunch that Cain's sacrifice probably was greater than Abel's. Cain's sacrifice probably been more generous than that of Abel's. You say, well, what's the difference? Why would God accept Abel's sacrifice, but he rejects Cain's? Ah, the difference is very simple, and it is this. Abel sacrificed in obedience. And that's, beloved, what faith is all about. He gave to God what God wanted, not what He wanted to give God. Thank you for joining listeners worldwide for Leading the Way Audio with pastor and author, Dr. Michael Youssef. Sports leagues and business industries select their Hall of Fame members, those who've gone above and beyond in performance and impact. And that's quite an honor. But imagine being chosen by God to be in the Bible's Hall of Fame. Today, Dr. Youssef continues his series, They Were Just Like Us, looking at God's list of those who excelled, men and women listed in what we often call the Faith Hall of Fame. Listen with us as Dr. Michael Youssef begins today's Leading the Way. We have begun a series of messages entitled, They Were Just Like Us, with the list in the Epistle to the Hebrews, where through the years have become known as Faith Hall of Fame. Hebrews chapter 11 As we continue in the series of messages, they were just like us in every way. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, he still speaks, even though he's dead. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you open our eyes, our hearts, and our minds to comprehend this one and only sermon that has been preached by this man thousands and thousands of years ago. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The question people have asked for the ages is this. How did Abel know what sacrifice that is acceptable to God, and why didn't Cain? And that's a great question. It really is. And the answer is this. It's very simple, but don't miss it. I want you to listen to me carefully. The answer is simple. When Adam and Eve rebelled against God, disobeyed God, and then they tried to run away from God, and God caught up with them, Before God threw them out of the Garden of Eden, He basically slain an 
innocent lamb, shed the blood of that lamb, and gave them a covering for the nakedness. And from that moment on, Adam and Eve wanted to obey God. They understood several things about their sin. God wanted them to know that their sin is costly. God wanted them to know that an innocent blood had to be shed for the payment of their sins. God wanted them to know that sin has to be redeemed by the shedding of blood. Of course, God was painting a picture for the future of the coming of the most innocent Lamb of all, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the shedding of His own blood on the cross of Calvary, so that whomsoever might come to Him may receive salvation, may receive forgiveness, may receive peace and joy. And there is no doubt that Adam and Eve learned that very important lesson of the shedding of a blood of a lamb as the only acceptable way to come to a holy and righteous God. And they taught this to their children as the only acceptable form of worship. And later on, of course, in the days of Moses, that was institutionalized, and the shedding of a lamb, and the Day of Atonement, and the rest of it. Adam and Eve's boys, Cain and Abel, no doubt have watched their parents worshiping God God's way. Their boys, Cain and Abel, must have watched their parents obeying God this time, God's way. These two boys watched how mom and dad were now more anxious to obey God, to serve God, to please God, God's way, not their own way. And so, one of the two sons, Abel, decided to follow mom and dad's example of godliness, of obedience. But Cain decided that he is going to worship God his own way, that he's going to come to God in his own terms. Today, the descendants of Cain are all those who think that all the roads lead to God. Those who think that all religions are the same. Uh, all those who think that they don't have to obey the Word of God in order to be acceptable to God. Uh, all those who feel that they don't have to accept Jesus as the only Savior of their life in order to make it to heaven. All the descendants of Cain are those who think that they can live their life any which way they want to, and uh, as long as they're not committing so-called big sins, they will be all right. They're the descendants of Cain. And the reason Abel was highly commended in the New Testament, the reason why Abel was praised in the New Testament, the reason why the example of Abel has been living for thousands and thousands and thousands of years is because he wanted to express his faith in God in complete obedience. He wanted to obey God fully. He wanted to come to God God's way. He wanted to come to God on God's terms. He wanted to come to God God's way. And that is why Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4 said, By faith, not by feelings which dominates our culture, and not by fancy, not by fear, no, by faith, Abel 
by faith. In the last message, you saw that biblical faith only expresses itself in obedience to God, total obedience. But you need to understand something here that is of vital importance. Abel was not perfect. There's some people probably get this image that Abel was a kind of a goody-two-shoes kid and, and Cain was a wild boy. Listen, Abel was not different from Cain. I'm going to explain to you in a minute. Because both of them were born, both Cain and Abel, they were born after sin has entered into the heart of their parents, Adam and Eve. And therefore, they were conceived like all of us by sin, are born with sin. Both had the same sin nature. Both had the same inclination towards sinning and going their own way. Both had the same limitations. Both knew what is the right way and what is the wrong way. And since faith comes by hearing, Abel believed the teaching of mom and dad and obeyed God, but Cain didn't. That's another important thing that I don't want you to miss. There is nothing intrinsically wrong with offering God the grains and the fruit. So the Bible said, Abel came and offered a lamb, shed a lamb's blood, offered a sacrifice to God, and God accepted that. But then Cain was offering fruit, and he was offering grains. There is nothing that is intrinsically wrong with the grains, because later on, when God communicated His law to Moses, among other things, there is what they call grain offering. Grain offering. So there's nothing wrong with the gift itself. In fact, I have a hunch that Cain's sacrifice probably was greater than Abel's. I have a hunch that Cain's sacrifice possibly was more expensive than that of Abel's. I just think possibly Cain's sacrifice may have been more impressive than that of Abel's. Cain's sacrifice possibly have been more in abundance. Cain's sacrifice probably been more generous than that of Abel's. You say, well, what's the difference? Why would God accept Abel's sacrifice, but He rejects Cain's? Ah, the difference is very simple, and it is this. Abel sacrificed in obedience. And that's, beloved, what faith is all about. He gave to God what God wanted, not what He wanted to give God. An epistle of Jude, one chapter, and there in verse 11, he talks about the way of Cain. He said, what is the way of Cain that the epistle of Jude talks about? It is the way of self-will. It is the way of religious hypocrisy. It is the way of dead rituals. It is the way of self-pleasing. It is the way of playing God. It is the way that represented in dead religion. Cain's way represented empty religious activities. Cain's way represented religious fanaticism. And it is not surprising, my beloved friends, that both Abel and the Lord Jesus Christ were both killed by religious fanatics. 
religious fanaticism has been killing Christian believers all over the world. Recently, we got an email from a representative of leading the way in a country in which I will not mention. He told us that a pastor, and all pastors in that church are all underground, a pastor came home, found his wife strangled to death by religious fanatics. You see, God's way is not religious fanaticism. God's way is obedience to the living God through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's it. So the question that each of us must ask is this, Lord, am I obeying You fully? Lord, am I obeying Your Word? Lord, am I obeying Your command? Lord, am I obeying Your instructions? Lord, am I walking by faith, or am I walking by sight? Are my eyes fixed on eternity, or am I living for today? They were just like us. Abel was like us. He had all the weaknesses and the frailties and the failures of all of us. But I have no doubt that Abel was just as sinful as his brother Cain maybe even more so. Cain probably would be the kind of guy who would be described as a good man today by our standards. Cain probably was a likable guy, probably more likable than Abel. I mean, he was the fun of the party. Probably he was the kind of guy who was on everyone's cocktail invitation list. Cain probably would be the kind of guy who was amiable. Uh, Cain probably was the kind of guy who was admired. He was a go-getter. He was an initiator. Oh, he was the fun guy. Cain probably was the kind of guy who was a philanthropist. Remember I told you in the last message that you can sacrifice without obedience, but you cannot obey without sacrificing? You see, it's right here. He would be probably the kind of guy who would give money to save the environment. He would probably be the kind of guy who would give money to save the endangered species. And who knows? Now, I have no evidence of this, but I get this picture of this guy, because after he killed his brother, the Bible said he went out and built a city. Man, he was the urban dude before they ever existed. That was Cain. But these are not necessarily the qualities that God is looking for. God looked down, and He saw faith that expressed itself in obedience, and He says, Abel is my man. Listen carefully, please. You know, and I know, and if you don't know, I hope you know now, <laughs> that you can never come to God through works. All of your works, all of my works will never get us to God. Only faith and grace of God bring us to God. But having come to God, the Bible said, now prove your love for God by obeying Him. And that obedience made Abel to be an effective witness for God. For how long? All of history, thousands of years. <laughs> Although he was 
cut down by his envious and angry brother in his prime while he was still young, although he did not have children to carry his name, although he did not have a monument that people can visit and remember him by, although he did not leave a legacy for people to remember him with, although he did not leave a fortune for his children and grandchildren to spend, although he did not leave a dynasty to enshrine him, although he was cut down in his prime. Oh, but the God who sees the very secrets of our hearts, the God who knows all things, He made sure that this man's obedience is testifying to Him for history, all of history. God made sure that this man's obedience of faith is reserved for all the ages to hear. This man's faith was made sure by God that His sacrifice of faith is enduring all the time. Although Abel has been dead for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, the Bible said he still preaches, he still speaks. His one and only sermon that he's ever preached has been proclaimed all the world over. His testimony is living in the hearts of millions of people for thousands of years. His example of obedience inspired millions of people for thousands of years. His life of faith has encouraged millions of people for thousands of years. His sacrificial love for His Lord is enshrined in a testimony for all ages. Though He's dead, He still speaks. And he still preaches that same sermon, three-point sermon. <laughs> What's Abel's three-point sermon? Here they are. You can take it and you can preach it and you don't have to give him credit. That man can come to God only by faith, not by works. That man must accept God's revelation and not his own wisdom to be saved. And thirdly, that obedience is rewarded and rebellion is judged. I think that's a great three points, aren't you? And as you know, I love to give illustrations, whether it be from history or biography, whatever it may be. As I was thinking, at least there were half a dozen examples from biographies that I have read through the years of the great men and women of God were going through my head. Which one do I use to illustrate my point here today? Here's on my computer, popped up, <laughs> an email right there on my screen, of live, today, example of obedience of faith. And as I read that email, I must confess to you, I wept, and I wept, and then I said, I wonder whether I can share this with you. I asked that person's permission to share it with you. I'm going to read to you parts of that email to encourage you. As I listened to your sermon this morning, I knew that I was getting an answer to two prayers that I have been putting before the Lord for a long time. The first is what I already told you about, walking by faith. The second, the finances that the Lord has given me that are in my saving accounts and how to be used as He desires and not for my false security that I may have 
for my future. It is very possible I may not see retirement. Whether I do or not, I only share the following, because I think God spoke it to my heart, and I do so to encourage you. So I called the people at Leading the Way today and asked them, what is the cost of the production, just the production, for just one Arabic program for a year? It would be my great privilege to underwrite that so that the message can go to the persecuted church. The longer I walk with the Lord, the more I see how much we, in all our comfort, need to grow from their faith and the faith of those saints. It is sweet of the Lord to let me have that amount in my savings. Listen to me very carefully, please. I did not read this to you in order to send you on a guilt trip. I read this for a reason. I want to show you that obedient faith is alive and well in this church. And I don't know what God is calling you to do. I don't know what you've been closing your ears to the Lord about. I don't know what you're dragging your feet in. I don't know what God is saying to you, but God is speaking to you. To some of you who have never committed your life to Jesus Christ, He may be calling you to come and receive Him as the Savior of your Lord. You may come and surrender your pride and make Him the Savior and Lord of your life. For those of you who know the Lord, God may be speaking to you about something, whether to be able to open your mouth for the first time and testify to your salvation, His salvation through you, whatever it may be. You know it. I don't know it. I know what God says to me. And I know the times when I drag my heels, and I know you do. Whatever He is saying to you today, say, Lord, I want to walk of faith. I want to be obedient. I don't want to just to go around saying I'm a Christian and I'm a Christian. I want to prove my Christianity by my obedience to your command in my life. Father, it is impossible for us to do anything that will even come close to the incredible sacrifice that you, Father, made when you looked down upon that cross and saw your Son bleeding to death in order that He might satisfy your justice, in order that He might pay for the consequences of my sin. He took my cross. He took my pain on that cross. And so, Father, I now come to you with these, your people, and we cry to you for one thing. For those of us who are in disobedience, break us that we may become obedient. For I pray that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You're listening to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Stream audio and video content, get details about Leading the Way's podcast, and learn about the app, all when you visit ltw.org. Now, if you'd like to learn more about what Leading the Way does in your neighborhood and what Leading the Way does literally all around the world, maybe connect at a deeper level. Visit ltw.org slash connect. That's a place where we guide those who know a lot about leading the way and those who don't know very much. 
And that's because it's a place to learn how God is using Dr. Youssef to impact lives, and well as explore ways that you can deepen your own connection with Leading the Way through additional content that we offer. Plus, there are links to other parts of the ministry. For example, where to watch video content or listen to various podcasts, apps for your mobile devices, subscriptions to the latest content, and so much more. Once again, it's right there at your fingertips, ltw.org slash connect. You can also call us, speak directly with a ministry representative. Call 866-626-4356. They're always happy to help. 866-626-4356. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef, passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth. Learn more at ltw.org.